Yo, what is going on? Thank you so much for joining us once again on this lovely edition of Journey Over Destination Podcast. That is a mouthful. Um, I've actually been debating changing the name of the podcast recently. I don't know. It's just, I feel like the name, I kind of threw it out. Uh, just, I didn't want to mull over the name too long and prohibit that, you know, keep that uh, keep me back from actually doing the podcast. So I just kind of threw something out there and I was just kind of at the time was like, let's just start it and I can always pivot and change it later. And I think I may do that soon because I don't know, I just don't really feel inspired by it. I don't really get excited over the podcast, over the name of it and like the branding of it and stuff like that. And I feel like I should get excited. I should be like super pumped about it um, and I am about the idea of it but I just don't know I don't I don't really love the name and um, I kind of want to I'm just gonna think about it for a while so stay tuned if the podcast has a different name later don't be alarmed <laughs> uh, but anyways this episode is gonna be a good one it is an interview with a man named Dimitri Ross who I met virtually on I believe Facebook um, and he does some really cool things. He's, he's a young guy who has been through a lot of uh, trials and tribulations. And I'm not sure if that second word is correct. Correct. Tribulations, trials and tri- tribu- tribulations. You get what you get the point. You know what I'm trying to say. OK. Um, but yeah, he's a really good guy, knows a ton about online marketing, online advertising and selling online courses and things like that. So we kind of talked about his journey and he gives some very good advice. So without further ado, I'm just gonna play that interview now. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, welcome back here. We got Dimitri Ross on the show. Uh, Dimitri, say hello. Hey guys, what's going on? Cool, cool, cool. All right, so just for context, why don't you say uh, what you currently do? What I currently do? Oh, do you want me to give a bit of a background or just so current, what I'm currently working on? What you, let's start with what you're doing now and then we'll jump into the, the other stuff. Totally, man. So basically at the moment, I am a coach, a mentor. And what I do is I help people start an online business, a coaching business, one-on-one coaching, consulting, uh, or a high ticket digital offer based on their expertise. Beautiful. By the way, I just noticed, nice mic. I got the same one. Oh, silver. Thanks, man. Yours is the silver one. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, so where, where are you originally from? Because I know you're in Brisbane now, but is that where you're originally from too? Yeah, so I'm on the Gold Coast at the moment, which is only an hour south of Brisbane. Okay. Uh, it's the, the beach the beach area. We've got the, the nice, beautiful beaches, good sand. And yeah, so that's where I am now. But Originally, I'm from Hobart, Tasmania, which is the Apple Island of Australia. It's, it's at the bottom. Um, so if you look at a map of Australia, you'll see this detached big island at the bottom. So that's where I'm from. It's like, a you know, the population, there's, I think it's like 450,000 people at the moment. Okay. Um, so there was a lot of, a lot of norms and traditions to go to uni um, do the, the normal way of living, I guess you could say, and stay on the island. Not a lot, a lot of people leave and move to the mainland, but, uh, yeah. yeah. 
Nice. All right. So I'm, I'm really curious because in America, um, I guess there's kind of like these, these societal norms that people are supposed to follow. Like you're supposed to go to high school, get good grades. You're supposed to go to college right after get good grades and then kind of, um, you know, get a good job, maybe work your way up and retire when you're 65. Was there anything like that when you were growing up um, that was kind of like that similar societal norm path? And if so, was it like similar or was it different? Absolutely, man. So I had, there's two things I had really. I had the societal norms and then I had the pressure from my mom. And I guess I can go into both of them for you. But the first thing, like in Australia, it's the same kind of thing. I I think you guys call it the white picket fence and the American dream. Here, it's very similar, you know. Uh, finish school, get a good job, um, go to university. Um, and then at the age of maybe 28, 30, you meet the love of your life and you settle down, you have kids at, you know, 32, 34, um, you get the mortgage, um, you work the nine to five until you retire. And then you retire at 65 and you have the kids and that's it. You retire and, and you get on with your life, man. Life goes quickly. That's, that's what you do. But so that's, that's the Australian dream. I guess you could say buy your property and, and settle down and pay the mortgage off. But I mean, I, there's that pressure in Australia, but I also had pressure from my mum too. Mum raised me as a single mum. So, you know, from the age of five, she, she raised me as a single mum. She was working her ass off. Um, doing ridiculous hours, like 18 hour days to put food on the table. Now, she came from a a family that was fairly, I'll use the word uneducated in the sense of traditional means of of university, that kind of thing. It was more farmers and uh, and traditional jobs. So like laboring. And because she, she wanted to make a decision to raise me like no one in her family had experienced before. So she put me through the best private school in the area and she sacrificed to put me through that. And like through that sacrifice growing up, there was pressure on me to go and do something that no one else in the family had done, which was at the time go to university. So for me, I got to, you know, year 10, 11, 12, the final years of schooling with that pressure of, hey, you got to go to, you got to go to uni. And I knew that wasn't for me, man. So there was a lot of friction between my mom and I in the later years because I was this rebellious entrepreneur who just wanted to live the good life, right? And I didn't want to settle for the traditions. Um, so that caused a bit of strain on our relationship, to be fair. But I mean, she worked her ass off to, to give me the opportunities. I guess I just took it down a different route. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how does she feel about it now? Obviously like you're pretty, you're doing pretty well. Does she, is she kind of turned her uh, thoughts around? Totally, totally. But it took like, I mean, us entrepreneurs, we have our vision, we have our dream. And if we go and tell other people who are used the masses, the people who are used to living the societal traditions that we're talking about, you're going to get punched in the face. Right. You're going to get punched in the face so many times because the people are like, you can't do that. That's not possible. Blah, blah, blah. They'll, yeah. they'll say all the shit. Um, so with mum, you know, I mean, essentially us entrepreneurs, we're talking the talk, right? We're right. going to have the million dollar business. We're going to live the laptop. We're talking <laughs> the talk because we haven't achieved it. Right. We haven't achieved it yet. But it's the thing for me within, within us entrepreneurs, it's like that innate hunger and drive to just relentlessly pursue that goal you have is what's required to set yourself up from the rest and to actually live 
the good life. Right. So with her, it took a few years. It took mm. a few years. And it wasn't really until, um, you know, start of last year that she saw me starting to move and shake and start to get successful with what I was doing. Before yeah. that, we were going on the family vacations, my partner and I with my mum, like a couple of years ago, went to Bali. And, and even then, only a couple of years into our entrepreneurial journey, she was drilling us. You guys should go to, do- uh, go to university, become a doctor, a lawyer. Yeah. You guys need <laughs> to do it. Stop wasting your life. Go and do it. Now, she's only, she's only running off her best patterns and what right. she was brought up on. We're only running a pattern from our past and what we're used to. So she was trying to do what was best for me in her model of the world. Um, but man, like, I mean, once you have enough, like the thing is, I mean, with relationships, man, like with the ones you love, you don't want to ruin them. But at the right. same time, you've got to stand up. Us entrepreneurs, we've got to stand up for what we want. Yes. But to give you a long story short, everything's, everything's perfect now. She fully supports me. Nice. I love to hear that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting topic because I like, obviously the advice is coming from a place of love, but at the same time, it's like you can take anyone's advice, but at the end of the day, they're not going to, it's not going to be the same. Like the situation might be different. The economy might be different. The uh, types and uh, number of opportunities is going to be different. Um, So, but obviously like you broke free from that traditional route at some point. When was that? Was that, when you were uh, deciding to go to uni, as you call it, or did you have, like when you were a kid, did you know you wanted to do something on your own? I think like, honestly, no, no. Um, even in year 10, I'm not sure what you guys call it in the States, but year 10, 11, 12, are kind of the last three years of school. Mm-hmm. Even then I was saying, you know, I'm going to go become a police officer because I was starting to do these academic subjects towards the final years of school where, you know, you, you have to apply yourself. And there were topics like law and the things that started to mold you in the direction that you want to go to in uni. And I was a failure at school. Like all of my friends were getting the A's and they were just blitzing it and they were, they were getting these killer grades. And I was struggling, man. I was failing and I, I couldn't even pass most subjects. But that was because I was coming home and playing video games. I was coming home and doing other stuff that wasn't studying because I wasn't inspired by it. Um, so for me, I mean, what, what was the question that was, uh, what was like the first thing that you did to kind of break free or like, when did you realize that you wanted to not be like the traditional route? Totally. I think, I think it was those grades at school. It was in the year 10, 11, 12. It was like the final years. It was, I, I'm not inspired by this. I'm getting failed grades. So what's the point? So then that's when I, like even in business school, at business during school, I, I, I wasn't even inspired with business topics, <laughs> which is funny because uh, of where I am now. But I just, I mean, I finished school year, year 12. I think you guys call it high school. Not sure. Yeah. Um, and then you guys call it college. We go to college. We, we go to university. So I started, I left school, then a couple months of summer break then went into university and I lasted two weeks, two to three oh, weeks. Wow, okay. I did, I did business and accounting. I lasted two to three weeks and I just wanted to party, man. So <laughs> I spent a year partying. Um, I, I got severely depressed and overweight. I lost 10, um, 10 grand to my best mate who promised to make us millionaires. I racked up a whole heap of credit card debt. And I guess you could say I hit rock bottom. 
Oh my God. Okay. I feel like we got to dive into that stuff. All right. So what was the, <laughs> what was the first thing you did um, entrepreneurially? Uh, I don't know if that's a word, but I'm going to make it a yep. word uh, after high school or like after you dropped out of college or uni. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So I was working the hospitality jobs I was doing. I was doing myself. I was running the same patterns. I learned from my mom work hard for money. So uh-huh. I was doing the, the uh, 7am until uh, you know, 11 p.m. in hospitality jobs. I was working two jobs, one in the morning until lunch and one in the afternoon until late evening. So I was working hard for money. And then, you know, I was getting this good cash, good cash was coming in, but I was burnt out, man. Like every day, six days a week, I was doing this. So I was doing the 80 hours a week. And on top of that, I was going out and partying on the weekend. So I was completely burnt out. So at that moment, I guess I realized that I wanted to change. And I started to realize that I wanted to go down the entrepreneurial route. So I started reading the four hour work week, all of the classics, I guess you could say, um, rich man in Babylon and just all of the classics that, you know, most of us entrepreneurs are used to. But for me, I think the first venture that I did was when I lost the 10 K to my best mate. I was living with him at the time because I wasn't getting along too well with my parents because I started going down the entrepreneurial route and wanted to do my own thing. And that caused a bit of resistance. So I moved in with my best mate and his family and I trusted him with my life. Absolutely trusted him with my whole entire life. So he wasn't in a job at the time. He was just doing his IT stuff on the computer. I was, you know, going to the job, coming home and he was doing the computer stuff. So I had 10K saved and he actually, no, I didn't. I didn't. I'll take that back. I, I was doing the good job so I could get a loan out. Anyway, within the space of a couple of days, we had a chat and he was telling me about Forex trading, FX trading. So trading the currencies. So he told me that, you know, we're going to live the life of Dan Bilzerian which is what we were both inspired by at the time. We were mad parties. We were fucking having a good time. Like the stuff that we used to do is pretty crazy. Like I'm sure a lot of, of you guys do too or did. So I could completely relate to, to that. So that's what we wanted. He, he hooked me with the dandles there and I was like, hell yeah, we want to live that lifestyle. So I took out a 10 grand loan, gave him the cash. And in two weeks, he'd lost seven and a half grand of it. For, from Forex trading? trading From FX trading. Now, I don't want to go into it, but long story short, I only found out last year, because this is like six years ago. Yeah, yeah. I only found out last year at the start that he's suffering from a really big heroin addiction. Oh, uh, okay. From my knowledge, he might have just taken that money and gone and blown it on his, his needs. Which is hard to me because that was my best friend and, right, and I yeah. never knew he was suffering from that. I never knew that. I'd never even seen that stuff, heroin. Um, so it was really hard to me personally too, knowing that my best friend was going through that. But that was when I hit rock bottom. I was like, okay, I can't keep living like this. And B, I can't have other people in control of my financial destiny. I've got to fucking figure this shit out. So, okay. So is that the same? Cause I, we spoke on the phone, what was it? A couple of days ago or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned at one point you were homeless. Was that that point or was that a different point? No, that was about two years later. So I right, guess you so connect, say those dots, I started, connect those dots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I started my entrepreneurial journey, that was in Tassie in Hobart, Australia at the little Apple Isle on the bottom. Okay. And then after that experience, that event with my mate, 
I was like, okay, I've got to move away. My dad at the time lived in Queensland here on the Gold Coast, which is about a three hour flight. Heaps warmer climate, so much better for your health. Um, so I used that as an escape route. I said, I'm going to go and start over. No friends, nothing. I'm going to redefine myself, redefine my identity. So mm -hmm. I moved to Queensland and um, started just going hard on learning like books, all the books you can think of in terms of self-development. I, I was learning, had no money at the time. I wasn't working a job. I was just learning, learning, learning. I started uh, my first blog with the dream chaser co and I was just starting to put out self-development stuff. And then that's when I met my partner. Um, I met her at personal training school. So we became personal trainers together. Um, like, like physical training, like fitness. Okay. Yeah, fitness training. So met her there. And then basically about a year after we got together, then our world started crumbling down. So did you want me to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. So, so from that moment, you know, we were living together with her mum in a, a rental. Um, her grandfather passed away and he was in Melbourne, which is in a different state in Australia. Um, so before he was, he passed away, he was sick for a few months. So, uh, Brit's mum, my partner went down to Melbourne to be with the, the grandfather for the last few months. Um, so my partner and I went and moved in with my dad. So just here on the Gold Coast too. And my dad and I, as I said, he, he moved away when I was five. Um, so I'd never really got to know him. So when I moved to Queensland, basically within three months of moving up here, I got to be my partner. So I never really got to have that close bond with him. So all of a sudden my partner and I were living with my dad. Um, and it was just too much tension, stress and stuff. And, and one day it just, it just flipped my partner. My dad and I had a huge argument and it went really hectic, like pear shaped. It, yeah, pear shaped. It just wasn't <laughs> working. I wasn't interested in surrounding myself, you know, as someone who, again, like my mum and like my, yeah, my yeah. friends and stuff back in Tassie, who doesn't support what you're doing, who, when you say, Hey, we've got this great idea to grow this business and here's the numbers and you go and sit down with your, your family member and you run through it. And they're like, that's all good on paper. Good on you. You know, right, when right. they do that and they don't really support, you got to escape, man. You got to, you got to back yourself and you got to surround yourself in your own environment. So you can let your own thoughts manifest into reality. Yeah. Your environment dictates where you are. So that was the journey of homelessness. My partner and I had just started a health and fitness company, but, and we, we started printing all these hard copy fitness, 12 week fitness books, which was amazing. And we still sell them now, but at the time it was a brand new business. So we were working for ourselves, had no cash. So then we all of a sudden had to pack all our stuff into our car and then we had nowhere to go. We had no cash, nowhere to go. So over the course of a couple of weeks, we had to move between different places of, of friends and family, um, strangers even, and then finally got our feet on the ground, got some jobs and yeah, started building real momentum. Man, that's under our own terms. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be really tough. Um, dealing with those relationships for sure. Um, by the way, I love when we were on the call the other day, I loved, I don't know why, but the term pear shaped, <laughs> I loved it so much. <laughs> um, what was I going to ask? Oh yeah. So what, if someone's going through that now, right, they have that relationship of someone not really agreeing with the journey you're taking, having been through that, 
what would you yeah. say to that person who's going through that now? It, it's tough. It is really tough. I mean, my advice, some people will say, live with your parents until you're 25, until you're 30, save some money, go out on your own. That's the cushy way of doing things. Like mm -hmm. I know so many 30 year olds and 40 year olds now who are coming to me and saying, help me grow a business. Cause I never gave myself permission to do it in the past. Uh -huh. And I never had to truly struggle. That's some reason I keep attracting those kind of people, <laughs> which is like, they see a younger version of me and them, but right. my advice, it depends how bad you want it. Right. If, if it's a nice, if your parents are wealthy and it's a nice idea to start your own business, you probably won't succeed because you don't have the innate hunger and drive. But if you really have struggled and you really don't want the life that you're seeing your parents live and the way you've seen their upbringing, maybe the money shit that they have, you know, lack of money, lack of resources. Maybe they say things like money doesn't grow on trees. You know, you have to work hard for money. If you come from that environment, if you come from a, an environment of, paralyzed relationships where your parents are maybe fighting, arguing all the time. You're just seeing disassociation in all aspects of your life. And you want to set yourself up for long-term success and stability. You got to move out. I mean, my advice, like if you can at the age of 19, 20, move out, go. I, yeah, that's hard to say for people, but if you really want to actually learn how to fight for yourself from a young age, go and do it. Struggle learn, learn how hard it is. And you naturally come up with the answers. You don't need to know how the how on this journey of entrepreneurship. Yeah. You don't need to know the how. All you need to know, all you need to do is take daily actions. So my advice is without struggle and without resistance, you're going to stay where you are. So if someone lives with their parents until they're 30, their parents are cashed up, you're going to always rely on your parents. You're always going to be comfortable and cushy. But if you actually want to take charge of your life, like I'm only 24. So I've been on this journey since 18. Mm -hmm. And I always said to myself, like I set five years goals at the age of 25, I'm going to have achieved this. Like set goals relentlessly. Mm -hmm. So my advice to answer your question to those struggling relationships at home, either put up with it or if you really want to go down this entrepreneurial route and figure it out, move out and go and do it on your own. What have you got to lose at 18, 19, 20 if you do it? Exactly. I, and I totally agree. Um, so, okay. You go through that. What's the very first like money that starts to come in? Was it the fitness plans that you're talking about or did you uh, like pivot somewhere else? So in terms of when things started going well, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we didn't make any money from the fitness business. We are now, we're still selling that guide now. Uh, and we're making a couple hundred bucks a day just from it. Um, nice. for my partner selling it, which is epic. So, um, it's a good way to grow her followers and grow her influence and stuff too, which is amazing. Um, but to answer your question in terms of what I, what was the real first cash cow marketing agency. So, um, you know, I went and bought all the courses on how to start a marketing agency before that I started a bit of drop shipping. Um, but we didn't have the capital to run ads. You need to run Facebook ads if you're, if you're going to sell products online. So did we set up, we spent probably like a month building an epic dropshipping store, made it look amazing, branding. And we didn't have, run, have any money to run ads. So we made a few sales, but then we're like, you know, let's, let's give this up because we can't, we can't right. grow it. So okay. 
then I was like, what's a business model that I can get cash up front immediately and not need capital. And for me, that was a marketing agency because I can use my power of connection, connect with people and tell them how I can help them grow their business. So human relationships, human to human, you know, I provide you value, you work with me or right. you get, you refer me to someone else. So the marketing agency was the first thing that I did. So was um, it, was it just um, like Facebook ads or was it more multifaceted? Um, so yeah, it was, it was just Facebook ads and it was obviously, um, yeah, it was literally just Facebook ads. The clients gave me the copy and then I ran the ads funnel building too. Um, mm. that was a big cash cow for me. Um, you know, I've charged 10 K for a full, uh, click funnels build and I've done that multiple times. So, nice. um, funnel building and, and also Facebook ads. Got it. Okay. So I know we talked about this on the call the other day. Um, so I, I kind of know what you're going to say already, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask it anyways, cause I think it's valuable information. So I think a lot of people like gurus, whatever you want to call them, will preach, like, make sure you're charging a lot, make sure you're charging what you're worth. And my argument is how, how are you going to build the confidence to ask for that $10,000 for the funnel bill? You know what I mean? Totally. You can't, you can't just come up to someone doing it for the first time and say, Hey, give me $10,000. So how do you build that confidence up to be able to comfortably ask someone for $10,000? Totally. All these gurus are telling you, they'll give you the script and they'll say, go and charge this right now. That's what they'll do. The script works. Go and charge it right now. You don't have any confidence. You don't have any confidence. I am, when we need to, the, you know what I used to do? Like I used to shake on the phone because <laughs> the whole time when I was talking to prospects on the phone to close them on my marketing agency services, I would shake because the whole phone call I spent from the first second of connecting with them to the end thinking at the end of this phone call, I'm going to have to sell them. At the end of this phone call, I'm going to have to sell them. The call went on, the more anxiety built up, the more anxiety. And then I would go, yes, yeah, so, so it's, just, it's just going to be $2,000 per month. Um, yeah, let's do it. And then they would say, fuck off. Like they would say, they would walk away. Like, so my advice to those getting started and the way I've done it is free work. A lot of gurus will say, don't do it. But if you actually want to go from not charging and not making money and living in poverty right now to living a life of freedom and abundance, free work for at least two, three months. So I'm not talking like, you know, let's just say you're using, doing Facebook ads, go and do, go and tell someone you'll run their Facebook ads for 14 days for free. And if they, you get them the desired result, You'll keep, they'll keep working with you. You can tell them the price up front. It's a thousand bucks per month, $2,000 per month, $3,000 per month, whatever. Mm -hmm. The way I did it, and I did this for a good three months at the start of last year was I got on calls, just got on calls with someone who I think I could provide value to. Jumped on a Zoom call, half an hour, you know, I because I wanted to pivot into coaching. So I used my marketing background to jump on calls with my future client that I wanted to serve. And I just give value. And in all I did was in fair exchange, ask for a video testimonial, do the free work, get on the free calls and provide value, but ask for video testimonials and get it off them straight away. Like within 24 hours and even pre-frame it. Hey, look, if I provide you value, would you mind sending me a video testimonial in the next 24 hours? Yeah, that's actually a really good that's idea. That's all you have to do. That's yeah. literally all you have to do. Then what happens is people start giving you 
feedback. Oh, that's awesome advice. That's awesome. Thank you so much. That changed my business. That one thing you gave me made me $10,000, whatever. They keep giving you this positive reinforcement. Then three months goes by and you're like, I'm ready. I'm ready to charge. I'm ready. Now, what you need to remember too is I didn't do the free work initially with my marketing agency. I just followed this cold, hard script and I guaranteed results. Never guarantee results, guys. Never, ever, ever guarantee anyone results. It's only going to get you uh, down the wrong path and you're going to piss off a lot of people. But I, I just followed the advice of a guru at the time I was following. He's like, guarantee results, 150 to 200 leads in the first month of work for me. So I went and I was sending out video um, video. Uh, messages to people on LinkedIn. And what I did was sent out this message. I guarantee I'm going to get any results, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, got this person on the phone, signed him up. I pitched him three and a half K for a month, three and a half K from someone who had nothing. And I didn't do any free work before that. I was shit scared. Three and a half K a month. He said, let me talk to my partner. He called me back the next day. I called him and he signed on. So all of a sudden I went from nothing to having three and a half K a month. That gave me all the confidence. But what happened then was he referred me to his mate and his mate was the real estate agent and I charged the mate $4,000. So all of a sudden I was doing seven and a half thousand dollars a month. Yeah. From nothing within the space of 45 days, 30 days. Cause I got the, I got the guy, the results, the, the results I promised, I got him the results. But then what happened was I got a bit cocky and then I was going to do a few more things for him that I wasn't proficient in mm-hmm. and everything back, back healed, backfired in three months. I lost both clients, went back to square one. And then I started doing the free work to build up my confidence. So I would advise you guys to start with free work. Even if you're doing a marketing agency, do 14 day trials. 14 days is a good amount of time to get people results and show them how you can help them grow their business. Yeah. Then if you do do what you promise and you get them the results that you're telling them you will in that trial, they're going to work with you. Yeah. So the law of reciprocity, if you yeah. give, they'll give. Yeah, exactly. Um, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but um, what are your thoughts on being like a generalist versus a specialist being someone who's charges uh premium but does more services maybe like you have to outsource them all um or just saying hey listen i only do facebook ads that's the only thing i'll do for you you know (laughs) focus on the one thing i've seen this so many times in my coaching clients and myself when you go and offer multiple things you're juggling multiple hats you're gonna fail you're gonna fail miserably you might not fail quickly. You might not fail in initially, but you'll fail fast and you won't be able to scale long-term. If you get really good at one thing, you can become the best at that. You can focus on being the king or queen in that niche mm. and you can grow your business much quicker. And you're seen as that guy or girl that is that specialist. So right. my advice for everyone is get really good at one thing, whether it's copywriting, whether it's editing videos, whatever develop systems and processes for that one thing, then you can go and scale your business and you can hire a team and you can go and scale. Got it. All right. So what, what was the transition like going from the marketing agency to coaching? Like what, why did you want to do that? Because I understand that done for you, done for you is a sweatshop. You can't grow it. Yeah. You can grow it to, you know, 
maybe 500,000 a month. For some people, that's amazing. But you've got a big team, you've got big overheads, your profit margins, instead of being 80% as a as maybe a one-on-one um, done for you person, just doing freelance where your profits are 80, 90%. Instead, your profits are like 20%. So like I, I'm thinking, what life do I want to live? What life do I want to live? And I want to live a life of freedom, time freedom, location freedom. I want to live a life of abundance with lots of liquid cash so I never have to worry about money. Mm-hmm. So that means high profit. I've got to have a business that has high profit. So the most logical thing for me, because I was getting burnt out, like doing all these, managing all these different clients. Um, and I was always looking at the ad campaigns and all that stuff when I wanted to be doing other things. So for me, I think that it is essential at some point you will realize that you need to pivot into either a course, either an info product or one-to-one consulting because one-to-one consulting is scalable. Like instead of managing a client campaign for months, you might just get paid to come in and do a week or two of consulting. Right. You get paid the same amount, but you're not tied into getting that client the results. Instead you move into the advisor, the advisor of, Hey guys, this is what you need to do now. You get paid the same amount, but you're just not stuck and trapped in whether they get the results or not. It's down to them. And one of the other things, yeah, one of the other things you were talking about is helping people make like digital products, right? Or did you already touch on that? Yeah, I just said that you you can make a digital product. Okay, package, okay. package what you're doing the done for you into a product that you can sell. Okay, so got it, got when it. you're getting on the marketing call, when you're getting on the sales calls, instead of selling them into your marketing agency services or your agency services, say, hey, I've got this kick-ass eight-week, 12-week transformational journey. It's $3,000. Got and it, You yeah. don't have to do anything. You've systematized everything in there. Okay, cool. Yeah, sometimes when I get an idea for like a, question i jot it down here and then i don't pay as much attention to what you're talking about so uh that's that's why that happened um anyways so what would you say is because i feel like i'm a totally different human being than like before i started this entrepreneurial journey and i'm sure it's probably similar to you what do you think is the biggest difference in maybe like your habits or your personality from you now versus before you started being an entrepreneur? Totally. Empowerment in the seven areas of life and not just, not just money, not just, because like the thing is like, if you want to live, if you actually want to live an abundant life that you're like completely satisfied, you have to empower all seven areas of your life. So I'm talking your health, before I was 30 kilos heavier, uh, extremely depressed, overweight. I empowered my health. I took charge when I moved. And my partner now, who's extremely high value with her health, is help helped me with that and helped me empower that. So before, I was extremely disempowered. So if you want to be a high-performing entrepreneur and you want to live an amazing life, you've got to empower your health, your wealth, your business, your spirituality, your social leadership, your relationships, and your wisdom. That's what you've got to empower, all seven areas. Not just, I'm going to make money. I'm going to make so much money, I buy the Ferraris and Lamborghinis. Because look at interviews from the greats. Like, look at look at Dan Bilzerian. Like, I think he had a, a great interview with, um, 
oh, I can't remember his name, but he was talking about how, well, his lifestyle is so high and he's doing all the partying, he's got all the nice things, but there's nothing more he can go and get. Yeah, so, I think I know who you're talking about. I think it was Joe Rogan. But I could Seth be Rogan, yeah, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, yeah. that's the one, yeah. So if, instead, like the way, the way I am, I'm at peace now. Before I was the party boy, but it was just focusing on making money. Um, I was doing the drugs, doing the partying every weekend, had acne face, wasn't looking after my body, felt like shit. Whereas now through the self-development journey I've been on and what I teach my guys now is empowering all seven areas because it's mm. not just about making money. Yes, money is great and it's the currency for change and to give you the life and things that you want, the experiences you want. But if you want to live a truly happy and fulfilled life, what I call an extraordinary life, you've got to empower the seven areas. Mm-hmm. So, so those things that you're talking about are things that need like consistent action, consistent reminders. So with that being said, what are the most important habits that you have formed? Totally. So first things first is obsess over learning, obsess on skilling up. Like everything I invest, uh, everything I get paid from my guys, I invest in learning from the best because the more I grow, the more I can serve my clients. So have a high obsession of, on learning, learning so that you can keep growing. So have an obsession over that. Number two is your health. You've got to have good daily routines and rituals. So I'm talking meditation. When I say spirituality is one of the seven areas, that's looking after internally in here. So meditations, affirmations, because a lot of the time, like the old version of me, that was someone who was saying you have to work hard for money because I was running the same patterns the language patterns that I was brought up from my family and friends work hard for money. Money doesn't grow on trees. Um, you know, get married young and, and, and settle down and that kind of thing Buy the house, mm-hmm. all the things that we're told. So for me, it was about like you're, you're running off all these patterns from the past. So if you want to be the ultimate version of you, the one who's empowered in the seven areas, you got to start living like that. Now you got to start feeling that now. So daily routines, affirmations, meditations, reading, doing the actions that will actually change your life every Mm -hmm. single day will set you up for success. So one thing I see is people try and juggle so many different tasks throughout the day when it comes to growing their business. Instead of trying to do everything, focus on one thing. So focus on the one thing, the one high profit action or the one thing that you can do every single day to help you get to the version of you that you want to get to. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, actually, um, one of the best things I started doing was writing down that like that priority list for the next day. Like what are the couple of things that I need to get done tomorrow? And I try to do it every night. Um, and I've gotten actually pretty consistent with it. It's been super, super helpful. Yeah. So like my advice for you guys, like you said too, write down the night before what you plan your tomorrow today, plan your tomorrow today, have gratitude, write down your, your five, 10 gratitude, your three to five gratitudes every day, what you're grateful for, what the things you're grateful for, write down, you know, three to five magic moments. What are mm-hmm. the magic moments from your past that you have a lot of gratitude for that made you feel good? And write down three to five things that you love about yourself. That puts you in a place of abundance and gratitude. The more mm. you do that, the more you fill up your cup. Because a lot of this, a lot of this transformation and the entrepreneurial journey is about your transformation in you. You've got to fill your cup up. That's right. why you've got to leave the family, the friends who don't support you because they're depleting your cup. 
So fill your cup and focus on that by empowering the seven areas of your life. Right. And you can achieve whatever you want. Nice. So like, I'm sure you also have a lot of um, like hobbies and things you like to do for fun. Like before you said you like, like to party, like to go out, whatever. How do you balance um, like the productive side and the, I want to have some fun with my life side. You know what I mean? Like, what do you, what, do you have a system? <clears throat> so, I mean, for me right now, my, my life is probably pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's because I'm obsessed with what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. So I'm inspired to serve people. I'm inspired to just focus on the things that I love. So before, like I, I couldn't achieve the success that I am at now if I did the same things, the parting, all that. You got to get rid of it. Like, right. yes. Like if you have a high value on relationships and friendships and stuff, you've got to find a way to, to do those things. So maybe it's, you, you have a daily routine where, where a weekly routine where on a Friday or Saturday night, you go and see friends or family. But instead of getting fucked up and extremely wasted, have one or two drinks and enjoy it. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I was mainly saying, um, I probably phrased that question poorly but I was talking about um, like, so for example, like what do you, what do you like to do for fun? What, what are some of your hobbies maybe? Gotcha. So yeah. So, so with my hobbies, like that's a tough question, man. Like I love <laughs> learning dude. like, on a, okay, sorry. I know what you're saying. So, so, so my like, hobbies, what, what I'm, I'm a huge football fan, huge soccer fan. So okay. um, massive Manchester United supporter. So there's nothing going on right now because all the, the competitions are closed down, but Avid Man United fan, if they've got two games a week on in the early hours of the morning in Australia, because that's when the, the times I hear, I'll get yeah. up and I'll watch them. Like I'm obsessed over over sport. Like any sport, you'll find me watching. Um, exercising with my partner, spending time with her, going out and enjoying life, traveling. Like we just came back um, yeah. from a month in Bali. So I, I just, I guess the way I built my business lets me go and explore. So I'm obsessed over traveling. So once COVID's taken care of, yeah, travel and experience different countries and different things. All right. So let's just say there's a huge, uh, what, what club do you support for soccer or football? Manchester United. All right. So there's a huge Manchester United game coming up, right? Maybe in a couple of days, but you have also like a lot of work that you got to do. And like for you, it could be the Manchester United game. For me, I love playing video games. And I, lo- I like, I've been recently getting into like t- trying to teach myself to play piano and like all these little hobbies that I've uh, trying to do for fun. Mm-hmm. But like, sometimes I have trouble drawing the line of, I need to get this done. This work has mm-hmm. to be done and it needs to be done now. But if I don't do the things that I enjoy, I'm not going to have fun. I'm not going to like, enjoy my time as an entrepreneur. So how, like, where do you draw that line? And this is probably really poorly phrased, but I hope you understand. No, 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 that's, that's a perfect question. Perfect okay, question. Cool. So I guess first things first, it's like, well, the difference between video games and maybe sport is that sport has a start and end time, right? That's true. It has a start and end time. So you clock on, you clock off when the game's over. Mm-hmm. Maybe watch the pre-match stuff and then you clock off when it's off. With video games, it's kind of like a a fulfilling addiction, right? Like it's a, it's a serotonin. Like you could play for one hour, but when do you switch off? Because I, I, I threw my PlayStation, all my games away two and a half years ago when I became homeless. I needed that money. I need to sell that stuff to, to, to make ends meet. <laughs> so 
I guess back then when I was used to it, you just get addicted. Like you just get stuck right. in that path. So <laughs> I think for you, it's like, you've got to think of the consequences, go and write all of the consequences of, of you continuing when you said you were going to finish mm-hmm. and how that affects your business. Like have a clearly defined North star, your why, like why are you even working on your business? Have that obsess over that set goals and then write out the activities that are, that you love doing like the video games that gives you that fulfillment for me. It's watching the sport have, have right, just write down and have them in front of you on your TV, pin it up or next to your couch, whatever, where you're going to see it, have mm-hmm. a list of all the consequences of what happens if to your life long-term, if you don't stop playing the games when you're saying you're going to. Um, so I hope that answers your question in terms does, of, yeah. I just think it's important <laughs> to see sport has a start and end time, but I totally relate because before I used to not only watch the Man United games, but in the morning I'd be on YouTube watching all the fan channel videos and all that stuff. And that mm-hmm. would waste two, three hours in my morning. Even a year ago, that was happening to me. Um, even eight months ago, that was happening to me. So I can relate, but now it's like, you got to go cold Turkey with the stuff that is nice, but it's not the real thing. So for me watching the fan channels and all that wasn't the same as watching. It was all opinion. It wasn't watching the many right. games. So cut all the other stuff and focus on that thing that you really get fulfillment from. So from you in just play the video games instead of watching maybe Twitch and all that. Yes. Stuff, you know? yes so yes. that, that would be my thing. And then write out all the consequences of what happens if you don't stop playing games when you do and how that affects the future life. Maybe you want to attract the love of your life. Maybe you want that 10 K per month business. Like, and, and, and write out what are the consequences in, in 30 days, six months, 12 months, five years, if I don't stop when I'm, when I say I'm going to stop. That is, yeah, that's actually very good. I'm going to do that tonight. Um, but you're totally right. I mean, I, I, cause I make time to play video games or whatever else I want to do, um, for fun, but it's all the other crap that I don't need to be doing that takes my time away. Like, you know, endless, uh, time vacuums on youtube or tiktok or instagram whatever 100 percent. so the first thing i do is i've got i've got softwares to to block youtube suggested uh, suggested videos i've got um software to block i use momentum to block my browsing history um when i open up a new tab it just gives me a beautiful blank screen and uh it helps me focus on the one thing for the day i I block Facebook newsfeed. I've got a Facebook feed eradicator and I block the feed. So I can't see what's going on in the world and it helps me keep focus. So you've got tools and resources out there that you can leverage, but it's your choice whether you want to do it or not. And if your why is so big and you're really inspired by your why, your long-term vision, you'll have no problem sticking to it. Yeah, 100%. My mentality with that stuff was um, like, I, I don't people will suggest maybe like a social media cleanse or something like that. But so much of what I do is on social media. So I, in my head was kind of telling myself, listen, I I need to figure out how to be productive and be on social media at the same time. Mm. But those tools that you listed sound, you know, very practical where you can still be on the platform and post your stuff and do whatever, but just not get sucked into the time vacuum. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Before you know it, three hours is gone. And like for you and anyone else in the, in the business to business or business to consumer space, like we need to use organic outreach to DM people on LinkedIn and Facebook. So 
to view their profile before maybe you DM them for the first time because you want to find something that you can build rapport over and, and connection over, you can still click on their name and, and it will still show their profile. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to show your main feed with all of everyone's different life stories and them complaining about certain things. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Focus is the best thing that you can do to, to move the needle in your business. Got it. In your life. Perfect. So do you feel like the coaching stuff is maybe your end all be all where you're going to stick with it for forever potentially? Or do you feel like this is just kind of a stepping stone and, and you may pivot later? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I will be doing the coaching forever. One-to-one, no. So I'm phasing out one-to-one now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually don't take any more one-on-one clients on um, because I have a group model and because I believe the group model breeds the best success and the best results. So I've got a course uh, which people can get and then there's a group plugged onto that. And I've also got my mastermind, which is um, four events per year, one every quarter. You've got a group call in the community. You get a call as well with one of my team every week as well. So there's heaps of support in there to move the needle in your business. Mm-hmm. It's so much more effective than one-on-one coaching because you get to learn from everyone else in the group's life experience too. And some people are like further ahead in the journey than you. Like you might be just getting started with your business. Some people might be making 20K. You, but you might have a thriving relationship at $0 and this person is struggling with their relationship. So you can give them advice on their relationship. Like that's why it's powerful. That's why having a mastermind and growing your business that way is super powerful. So my long-term vision, man, like to answer your question is, is to not only focus on business, but mm-hmm. I'm truly, truly believe that empowering these seven areas of life. Yeah. Is, is super important. The one thing I really realized over the last kind of eight months is business is one thing and strategy is one thing, but mindset is so much, so much more important. So I, I guess you could say I want to be, um, I don't want, I don't want to call myself any big name, like any big names, but I want to be like some certain people who are moving and shaking the mind's health and the mindset side of things mm-hmm. and actually transforming someone's life internally as well as the business structure and strategies. So yeah, got it. Got it. So the reason why I asked that is because, um, I feel like maybe a lot of people preach something along the terms of like, make sure you love what you're doing. You got to have passion and you have to, uh, you know, absolutely love what you do every day. Well, for me personally, I don't know for some other people, like I don't really have a, one passion that I just need to be doing at all times. You know what I mean? Hmm. And so something that I may want to do later, uh, like for example, if I want to do coaching and consulting and stuff, I feel like I need to have the validity. So I need to have the stepping stone to get there, like the results, you know what I mean? So Hmm. if, if someone's kind of dealing with that imposter syndrome of like, I, I can't offer this service because I'm not good enough yet. I'm not experienced enough yet, whatever. Is there some validity to that? Like, do you think uh, you need to have those, exp- uh, those results before you can actually do coaching and consulting? It depends. If you, if you've got like, I, I'm this, obviously in my opinion, like if you're, if you want to start coaching consulting, like let's just use, a personal trainer, just for the sake of it, a fitness trainer, you know, you're in the gym training clients. So you're getting really good at your craft there. 
But then you're like, oh, I hate going to the gym for eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, whatever it is. I hate these early mornings, 4 a.m. until 8 p.m. I hate it. I need to go online. They've already got proof of concept that what they do works. So for them to go online and start coaching people online and putting info products out there is so much easier, right? Compared to someone who watches Ty Lopez's starter marketing consulting gig, has no experience on sales funnels and click funnels and how to even run a bloody ad and for them to go and get clients is so much harder, man. So that's why I like, like you're either going to get experience from a job that you're in because you're super passionate about that thing that you're learning in the job. Mm-hmm. And that applies to how you can pivot to one-on-one coaching or consulting online or an online info product. Or if you're just getting started, you want to make money online and you're open to trying different things. I think done for you is probably the or freelancing is probably the best thing you could do for three to six months, mm-hmm. maybe a year. There's no rush, even a year yeah. before you pivot. Even even longer, I think is is good too. Just totally as long as it totally. takes to get those results, that proof, you know. Hundred percent. And everyone's just caught up by what this next guru says, and then you listen to all these different gurus, which is why I use I say use the the YouTube blocker. Uh, the yeah, recommended yeah. videos use the feed blocker so you drown it all out you don't listen to anything you can focus yeah, yeah cuz I, I i get kind of confused when when gurus will say you know if you have no experience you can still charge you can still you know do the thing that you want to do and, and like coach and consult or whatever and i'm just like well if you're charging thousands of dollars and you don't have proven results you're just kind of playing with other people's money and i don't know if that's morally correct to do Yeah, yeah, 100%. In saying that, when I signed my first client, um, again, for three and a half K, I didn't have experience, but what I had was a proven system to run their ads. So that's true. I guess I had the resources that worked because there was proof that other people have been using it. So I I backed myself based on that. So yeah, if you're new to the game, but you've got a system that you know works, again, maybe do some free work. Yeah. Because that's going to help you test it to validate. Do free work for a month or two, then start charging. Yeah. yeah. What's a month or two? What's 60 days? Right. Yeah. That's, that's actually a really good point. If they're, if you're, you know, being taught a system that does have proven results and you're literally Mm. just copy and pasting it. um, I think you can definitely use that. But uh, anyways, all right, we'll, we'll end it here. Let's do one last question and then we'll sign off. So just like you are a different human than when you started, what do you think is going to be the biggest change from who you are now to when you finally call it quits and retire? You know, you've done everything you want to do. You're just going to chill out in Bali the rest of the time or whatever you want. Well, that, that, that won't happen. That won't happen until I'm in Bali all the time because you get bored, man. You get so bored. <laughs> I'd say the only thing different from me now to in the future is experience and life experience. Like Mm -hmm. we pivot and shift, we change what we're doing and what we're passionate about through experience. Like we talked about starting with a done for you and then eventually pivoting into courses and stuff like life experience helps you pivot and shift. So I guess like don't stress too much about the future. Yes. Set goals that inspire you, but don't, I guess like, don't stress too much. Just enjoy the process and live in the moment and focus on what you can do in the moment to move the needle and get you to where you want. So I guess for me, yeah, the big difference is, is will be life experience. And 
empowering my seven areas, just nice. learning and empowering myself. Love that. Love that. Love that. Okay. So if there's anything else that I didn't ask you about that you would like to say, go ahead and do that now. And then also at the end, just uh, tell people like where they can find you, uh, social media, website, whatever. Yeah, totally. Um, so no, I think, I think we, we had an epic interview and we had some awesome questions there. Uh, but yeah, you can find me at www.demetrios.com, Demetrios on social media. Yeah. Connect with me. Looking forward to hearing about the problems you guys have and, and how I can help. Cool. And uh, by the way, Dimitri hopped on a call, one of those free Zoom calls he was talking about. Um, with me the other day and it was it was very helpful so highly recommend reaching out to him and following him on his uh platforms and everything dimitri you are the man and uh thank you for joining it's my pleasure thank you for having me so there you have it dimitri wow can't even talk dimitri ross everybody hope you guys really enjoyed that if you guys would be so kind as to leave me a review on whatever platform you are listening to spotify apple uh anchor whatever that would be greatly greatly appreciated and if you have any thoughts feel free to let me know uh dm me on facebook instagram wherever uh search my name on facebook david tachinsky and on instagram my uh hashtag my Man, I'm struggling with my words today. My username is David underscore Tooch, T-U-C-H. All right, guys, hope you guys have an awesome day and I'll see you on the next one.